0: Welcome to the Heights Sermon Series podcast, where each week you'll hear a new message that'll help you with your life shaped by the Word.
1: So thankful uh, to serve at a church that has a, a core value of life being shaped by the Word of God, and uh, one one name is foundational to that, and that is the name of Jesus and Randy, I know on behalf of the church and especially your staff, we want to thank you for faithfully teaching and proclaiming the name of Jesus, not only from this pulpit for 20 years, but from your very life and how you lead your family. Thank you for that. We, we so uh, appreciate that. And I know as a worship pastor, I'm so very, very grateful that you uh, lead our church each week in worship. It's a glorious thing to see a a worshiping pastor uh, who loves to praise the Lord. At this time, I'd like to ask uh, Andrew Gross to come. He's the chairman of our personnel committee, and we have a special presentation. Karen and Randy, if you would come also, and and, uh, we have a special gift at this time for you.
2: Good morning, everyone. I think I now understand all the emails from the staff about waivers. (laughs) Um, uh, But I'll remind you, I may be the chairman of personnel, but they do work for you. Yeah, that's right. But in all seriousness, as we get ready to reflect on his 20 years uh, here at the Heights, uh, a verse that came to mind mind is Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I still reflect back on your early sermon at the Heights, where he really talked to us about limiting what we ask God for into what we believe God can provide when he really wants to give us so much more. I think the sort of theme was dreaming. And really, I ask myself why. But even back then, now I think I start to understand why. I probably still don't really understand what God wants. But when we look at the world, we see our small piece of the puzzle. God sees the entire work. Um, God owns the ultimate plan. Your leadership has directed us to consistently seek God's guidance and allow him to be the ultimate problem solver. Your example demonstrates that we are to lean on Jesus when we're seeking understanding, wisdom, and grace. There have been many firsts with Randy here at the church. Some of them we may not want to talk about. Um, (laughs) But there are a couple big ones. First is this building. I still remember being in a deacon meeting when he came in, and I think we need to move our location. He had only been here for about a year. Um, To see the many things that God just moved. Mm. To allow this building to happen and watch what has happened with the ministry just reminds me that God provides and He blesses. The other is the pandemic. None of us have experienced anything like it. We'd already been into 804 and reaching out in the community, let, let alone did we understand why God had led us to that path, other than He knew the pandemic was coming. And if he, we, our community outreach would just explode. Not to mention the whole what we do with our online services and outreach to that community as well. Again, God provides. God blesses. Got an action for everyone in the seats. If you have joined the church since 2002, please stand. Wow, Pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Pretty amazing. And don't forget our online...
2: We can't see them standing, but I'm sure there's a lot of online people standing. Also, you may be seated. Here's some statistics of the impact of Randy, Karen, and their family uh, on the church, and specifically Randy's leadership at the Heights. We've seen 35 new, 3,500 new members, almost 1,500 of those being by baptism. We are now recognized as one of the 150 largest Southern Baptist churches in the United States. We have given just short of $2.3 million to local and global missions. We have dispersed a little over 600000 in benevolence aid to our community, and that doesn't even include what we do through our 804 ministries. Our staff has expanded from seven full-time and four part-time to 21 full-time and 11 part-time members. And the growth in our budget has gone from $1.3 million to just around $5.5 million dollars. You can go ahead and applaud. Yeah. In preparing this, I came across this quote, um, and I really struggled with it, went back and forth, and I just felt like I needed to share. It says, a great pastor is hard to find, a difficult, and difficult to let go, and impossible to forget. So the search committee is sitting here in the second row. Thank you for following God's calling as you sought Pastor Randy Hahn for this church. Randy, not only do you play the role of pastor, but you act as a community advisor, advocate, teacher, and a friend. Those are the things we see here. But you also have these other titles that you have to balance. Husband, father, grandfather, son. And you just do it in a way that is just simply amazing. I I had multiple people in between surfaces come up and talk about how you've impacted them during your service here. Um, we'd like to thank you, and then also I'd like to thank, thank your family for the support, which has allowed you to go up, above and beyond in every role that we ask you to do. Please applaud for his family. Uh, we do have two small gifts for you. Well, they're in envelopes. I don't know if they're small really or not. Um, but I do want to draw out one. The church did do a, a love gift. Uh, specifically, we've watched uh, your family grow from little children to now thriving adults with their own children in some cases. And we know how much your family means to you and Karen. And now they're distributed all across the United States. So the challenge of doing things with them the way you always have has changed. And so we want to give you an opportunity or something to help you, Thank you spend time with your family how you always have. So let me give you these gifts and then I'll close this portion in prayer. Um. Would everyone pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the infinite, consistent, and perfect wisdom that you provide us. We thank you for Randy, Karen, and his family. As your scripture says in Jeremiah 3.15, I will give you a pastor according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understand you. Thank you for equipping Randy to lead us with understanding, wisdom, and grace. Praise to you, Lord for blessing the heights with a pastor who draws each of us to your heart and challenges us to follow you. Please bless Randy's leadership and his family. May the peace of God surround Randy, the love of God uphold him, and the wisdom of God control him. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
3: So my name's Karen Hahn, <laughs> and they asked me to share a few thoughts as we reflect on these last 20 years. I was just a girl when I fell in love with a boy called to preach the Word of God. Now, that didn't mean much to me <laughs> back then because I'd just gotten saved, one, and two, I grew up Catholic, so I didn't understand anything that I was thinking about, so... But early on, when I started walking with God, God gave me a verse to memorize. It was Matthew 16:24, and Jesus said, "If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me." And I thought, I want to follow Jesus." I want to follow Jesus, just like in the Bible, the disciples, those men and women followed him everywhere and left everything and followed him. That's the life I want to have. But how do you follow Jesus? His physical body is not here. He's in heaven. We follow Jesus today. And as I look back, I understand what that looks like. Following Jesus is through his spiritual body, the church. So I follow Jesus with you. God brought me to you to follow our Lord with you. And in that, these last 20 years, following Jesus with you has brought me so much life and joy and love and healing and grace and mercy. We've experienced God together following him through his church and I'm grateful. I love you and thank you, and I look forward to the many years to
0: come. Well thank you guys so much for for guys for everything. I I don't know what the gift is, but if it helps me get to my kids, thank you. That's always a good blessing. We're we're just always grateful for your your generosity, the way you love and support. It's been a uh it's been a a fun week and a half, almost 2 weeks really of of leading up to today and and celebrating this. We had uh a, not last week, the week before, we had uh dinner with the uh, search committee, which we we gather every five years and do. So we're telling the same old stories now over and over and over, but that's a part of it. That's a part of the joy and the fun of just remembering all that God's done here and what, where, and how that all kind of got got started. And then uh, this past week, November 16th, which is the actual day of, of my starting or the day marking that, uh, the church put a really nice post up on social media. Uh, and I, I read it, I thought, well, that's really sweet. I mean, that, that's very nice. And uh, so many of you were commenting on it and, and I was trying to keep up with that throughout the day. So two or three times during the day, I came back to the post just to see what, what y'all were saying. And all, all of a sudden, it dawned on me. I, again, I first I saw the post, I thought, this is so sweet. And, and then I noticed that there was a progression in the pictures from my hair being very red to not... Being very red, and I thought wait a minute this isn 't they 're being funny here this isn 't a sweet post, but uh, we had that and then last night, I, I think the uh, the guest list was our current our, our active deacons, our staff, and people serving on a committee They, they had a dinner for my, Karen and i or all, all of our family, and we had so much fun at that, and I kind of got, got thrown a curveball. Uh, what got honored there was uh, kind of a presentation my, my four children made. And uh, I, I think I quote my wife the best. I can carry those words to heaven. I, I can finish out life with those right there. They they were just phenomenal. I don't know that I've ever had a moment in my life where I felt that that honored. And uh, so that, that was not... And then this morning, it's just a, a lot of fun. And, and we're so very grateful uh, for that. And uh, then there is uh, the, the search committee. I, I want you to see and meet the search committee. They, of course, very active, involved members of our church the entire time that I've been here, but that uh, the church has grown and they kind of get absorbed into this bigger and bigger thing. And I know so many of you maybe don't know them or haven't seen them. And uh, they mean so much to me, so I want to introduce them, and I'll start down here on this end. We have Gene Howard and Julie Hamrick. Would you two stand together? Their two husbands were on the search committee. That would be Doug Howard and Roger Hamrick, and uh, who are just, I mean, for those of you that know them, they're, they're men that you wonder, hey, Lord, have you replaced them yet? Because they're kind of irreplaceable. Um, what they were in the life of this church is was just incredible and a, a tremendous source of support and wisdom uh, for me. Close friends, I wonderfully celebrate where they are and I, I grieve and I miss where they're not. And uh, But those are their wives and they were all of the spouses. That's why I'm introducing all because they're all very much a part of this process. And then we have John and Shannon Staten and Shannon was on the search committee and then Wes and Karen Rose. And uh, Wes was on the search committee, and I hope he looks somewhat familiar to you, because he's also our missions pastor, uh, has been serving now for over 10 years. And then we have Bill and Iris Deadweiler. Iris was on the search committee. And then we have Charlie and Janet Toombs, and Charlie was on the search committee. And then last but not least, Jerry and Jeannie Burkett. And uh, when I say not least, Jerry was the chairman ...of the search committee. And so uh, Jerry was the the first phone conversation. uh, Probably before we got in the car and moved here, he would have been the last conversation. And we had a whole bunch in between. And uh, he just did an incredible job of of leading the committee and leading the church all the way through this. The reason I want you to see them is not say, hey, here's a committee. You know, folks, when I said yes... To, to Colonial Heights Baptist Church, what we now refer to as the Heights Baptist. When I said yes to this church, I, I was saying yes to these people right here. This was the church for me. And their love for Christ, their love for his church, and their representation of that church. I mean, literally, Karen and I were like, we want to go to church where they are. Uh, ...because they, they, are, they are a church. And uh, just so grateful for each of them and how God knit Karen and I's heart to theirs in three short months. And when I say three short months, don't let that fool you as to thinking it we just kind of haphazardly flew through something. I dealt with a lot of committees and this was the most obsessive compulsive committee on information... And the volume of things they got from me. And, uh, but they did it with speed. And they, they kept moving all the way through that. And uh, of course I'm also thankful because they prayed. And somewhere along the way God said, "I want to get that one right there. And they said yes. And so I'm very thankful for them. Would you all uh, acknowledge them and appreciate them? Thank you guys. You know some people I can't have stand up. But nobody stands in a place like this alone. As a matter of fact, that's the unfortunate part of this moment is we, it just ends up feeling like Randy. We speak one name here at the Heights. That's Jesus. And if you're like me, we can get lost in that name all day, every day. Uh, my name, pretty much worthless to you, but that name's everything. And uh, when God's moving and working, even what looks like sometimes, and we refer to as an individual life, it's never an individual life. And uh, some people I need to mention, Dr. Young, uh, Mike Hamlet, Lisa Young, uh, Second Baptist Houston, First Baptist North Spartanburg, and Dallas Theological Seminary. And I mention those places because, and people because they profoundly impacted my coming to Christ, my growing in Christ, my call to ministry, uh, being equipped for that ministry, moving into that ministry. When I think of those three people in those places, um, and I don't know how this sounds coming, I've never really felt like I did anything. I, I, I felt like an errand boy, to be quite honest with you. I was shown something great and then I was given the stuff they did it with. They told me how to use the stuff. And then they just said, go do that. And that's all I've been doing. Is just I just went and did that. What those three names, what those three places uh, showed me. So I have to mention them because they're very important to me. Um, my, my parents, mom and dad, would you stand up? This is Colin and, and Natalie Hahn. Uh, they... Uh, You know, they're my parents. What what do you say here? Uh, You know, even when I mentioned, you know, those churches and those people a second ago when I talked about the impact they had on my life, you know, it's my mom and dad that put me on that trajectory, that put me in the place where I was engaging with those people and those places. And just everything they've been in their marriage and as parents has been a, a model and an example for me to follow. And still to this day, every single week, They are a tremendous source of support and encouragement and wisdom. So I thank my mom and dad, and sure glad they could be here with us today. And then right on the other side of them is also uh, Ellen Nagy. We call her Tony, and when we're with grandkids and all that, then it's just Nina. But, uh, you know, Karen and I actually will be celebrating our, our wedding anniversary in a couple of weeks, 35 years. And we, we dated five and a half years before that. So, Nina has been a part of my life for over 40 years and through a lot of stages of life and uh, watching where I was taking her daughter. And uh, number one, she gave me her daughter, so that's, I'm forever, eternally grateful. But then, just again, always a support and an encouragement. I don't know what your experience with in laws is, but not a single negative thought, word, anything from her in all of this time, but just her love and support. So I want you to see Karen's mom uh, over here. Thank you, guys. Um, you know, then there, then there is, is my kids, and uh, it's hard for me. You know, you, you see my kids because I, they're my greatest uh, source of sermon illustrations, and uh, they, they usually come out pretty far ahead in those sermon illustrations. Uh, they are... Uh, Uh, You know, they're kind of my everything. And and, and I, you know, for so many years, whether it was this building or the first building, I was driving home down Woodpecker Road. And the the ride, I mean, when you think in your memory, places you go and things you do, the the drive down Woodpecker Road was always a good, good drive because I was going home to be with my kids. They are my best friends. They are who I'd rather do anything and everything with. I, I am proud of them. Uh, I look up to them. I want to be like them when I grow up. I I really do. And, um, you know, when I say my kids, and I could take you to my prayer journal, and you would see this. That's no longer just four. Uh, I, I consider their four spouses also my kids. And uh, we we love them as much, maybe a little more in some cases uh, than the kids we started with, but uh, they're all a tremendous blessing, and I'm so glad they're all all together. So here's how our family rolls. I'm sure y'all have similar things that that have grown kids. So we get we we had nobody for Thanksgiving. They're all with their other families for Thanksgiving, and then we get everybody for Christmas. And then next year we flip. We get everybody for Thanksgiving and then they go to their other families for Christmas. Well, for three of our four, their families are here in Virginia. And so they were able to make their way here and be a part of last night and today, our, our fourth uh, his family, his other family, is nowhere near Virginia, uh, and so they they could not swing by and be a part of today. But let me let me introduce them, and so you can see all them together. Our start with our oldest, Mary Beth, was in eighth grade when we got here. So Kevin and Mary Beth, Aunt Cliff uh, from Yorktown, uh, are here. Y'all say this is the point where you stand up, and <laughs> they've got our grandkids, Walton and uh, Rose. And El- Eloise is coming to join, and hey Walton, stand up on the chair so everybody can see y'all like y'all haven 't seen them right i mean they 're Facebook famous now, and so uh, th- this is our, this is our oldest and, and her family and then we have Danny and Amy crier uh, over here. Amy is our second, and uh, you know a lot of y'all have said don 't you have a child in Iowa?" So this is our Iowa child, but they're not actually in Iowa anymore. Danny and Amy moved to, uh, they started in in Brooklyn, then they were in Iowa, and now they're in Philadelphia, and we're so excited and and proud of what they're doing there. They just moved there this summer. Amy's, again, is our second. And then our third is uh, Colin and his wife, Alexi, and uh, let me point you to the screen. They're the ones that are nowhere nearby today, but that... That, that's Colin and Alexi. They are in Colorado Springs. Uh, he's in the 4th Infantry Division there. And they're actually both in the military. So she's also in the 4th Infantry Division. So they're, they're in Colorado. And then our baby, who the other three all think is our favorite. Um, that baby holds that spot, doesn't it? Just after three, you finally get it right. And so... Uh, <laughs> Randy, and they will have plenty of stories to tell you why we did not get it right on the fourth one. But this is uh, Randy and his wife, Claire, and uh, they are in Nashville. He's at the 101st uh, airborne, but about to move to uh, D.C. here pretty soon. He's going to Fort Myers and be a part of the old guard uh, uh, up there in the spring. So we're excited to have them a little bit closer. But these are my kids. The very best thing about me right here is these. Right so. Thank you, guys. And since they weren't actually supposed to be here, and we've got airports and traffic in front of us, and they've been here for two services, I'm, I'm going to let you all go. And y'all, y'all let, let we're going to let them slide on out and head to the airport and, and a variety of places to get on to the next uh, thing and tell their other families, who I stole from today, uh, goodbye. But uh, so that, that's our family. And then... Um, Lastly is uh, my wife, Karen. And, uh, you know, I, I, what, what do you say uh, uh, about my wife? What, what do you say about Karen? And I thought, you know, there's nothing I need to say because everything she is, you already know. Because she so profoundly and faithfully lives that in front of you. And I started thinking, you know, what, what would I say about Karen that maybe they don't know or or don't understand? And, you know, some of you obviously have come from other churches. You've been around other pastors and pastor's wives. And, uh, and this isn't an always an issue of the pastor and the pastor's wife. Sometimes it's an issue of the expectations that churches will put on a, on a pastor's wife and the, the challenges that that, that creates. But, and then that's what made me think. Here's the one thing I would say about Karen. In 20 years of being here, I've not asked her one time to do something. I've not asked her one single time, would you do this? Would you lead this? Would you be a part of the Karen, you're the pastor's wife. You've, you've got to. This is expect. Not one single time. And I say that so that you know everything you see her being and doing in this church she does out of her own love for Christ, she does out of her own love for this church, and I think probably a little bit because she loves and supports her husband and uh, but it's such a it 's such a beautiful thing to watch her be her in the life of this church, and it' everything you see is of her own choice. she chose to be there. And she chose to be doing that. I would never ask her to do anything because she already does a little more than I do. And I figure at some point, y'all might do the math and figure that out. And so I'm certainly not going to ask her to do any more. You know, one last group, and I I would hope, I would trust you know a whole lot of these people. And that's the staff that I, I get to work here. What a crazy staff. What senior pastor celebrates 20 years and barely cracks the top five of longest-serving people here. Uh, We have Ronnie West, just went through 30 years. Cindy Moore, 30 years, uh, I think, in January. Um, Jerry Witt uh, has been with us one year longer than me, I think. And then uh, Mike, the guy up here in all white that said something about him being handsome, or (laughs) maybe he'd been here a little too long. Uh, (laughs) You know, sometimes we got... Let's keep moving. And so, but he'll he will be celebrating. I think twenty five with him uh, next spring. So, gosh, here I come in at a solid number five spot after twenty years. But uh, it was Mike who who or I, let me finish talking about staff. You know, when I think about about going to heaven, if you're new here today, we just did a series this fall on heaven and hell. You know, when I think about going to heaven. Probably after my family, I think of the staff I get to work with and many of you, people like the search committee and other committees and the people we do ministry with. But obviously the staff, these are folks I'm living life with day in and day out and, and crying and praying and mad a few times here and there and just doing all this. And I, and I tell you, it's, it's it's the staff I'm here. That's that's who I'll be drinking coffee with in heaven and talking about the old war stories and... and uh, what a blessing. Uh, you don't do anything anywhere and enjoy it without the team uh, that you're on. That, that's what makes something lasting. So all these names I've mentioned, but that's the group that, that I've spent 20 years, uh, so many of them doing this ministry with. Mike, uh, the guy in all white again, came to me, I think it was in August, and said, Hey, we, I, I don't know how this sits with you, but we thought instead of bringing in a speaker, uh, we, we'd let you speak. And um, so I started thinking that, that was three, four months ago. I started thinking about what would I say in this moment. We're celebrating my twentieth bir- my twentieth anniversary. I dressed up today. I wanted to be clear who the birthday boy was. And uh, I started thinking about you know what would I say. And one thing kept ca- I mean from the moment he said that I was walking. I was in his office and I was walking out. And immediately I knew what I want to say. But I thought no, that's not what I want to say. And so I. Kind of kept praying and thinking about it. And I mean, like literally right up to last week, uh, the week before this past week we were just in. Um, you know, what am I going to say? And I kept coming back to this one thing. And I didn't want to say that one thing because I thought, it, I think that sounds arrogant. I think when that comes out, that'll sound wrong. And uh, But I just, I really felt like the Lord kept bringing me back to this one thing. And so I thought, okay, well, here's what I'll do. I'll say it and then I'll see if I can clean it up. Okay, I'll say it and I'll back up and work to make it sound right. Okay, so when I stand here today, this is the thought that comes to my mind. I'm standing here today 20 years your pastor because I always intended to be standing here today 20 years your pastor. There was never another thought, goal, prayer to that. I will be standing there 20 years your pastor. Now the arrogant part of that is that assumes things I actually have no control over. Um, I could die before I get to the 20-year mark, right? And 2015 certainly brought that as possible variable, okay? Um, you could fire me before I get to the 20-year mark. That happens too. That sometimes needs to happen. It could still happen. So, you know, there's, I can't control that. Uh, and then there's one that's kind of enjoyable to think about. Jesus could return before I get to the 20-year mark. I vote yes. I would have taken that at 11, at 17. I would have taken it yesterday, okay? Jesus returning. Um, so, you know, all those things, I can't control those things, so I don't have the ability to say, I will always stand there 20 years your pastor. But those things set aside. The, the, the first day I stood here, and the first Sunday that I stood here as your pastor was November seventeenth, two 2002, and I knew that day, this day would happen. As a matter of fact, I knew 13 years before I ever knew there was a Colonial Heights Baptist Church that we now call the Heights. I knew 13 years before I ever knew of this church that I would be standing here this day. Now, I hope you're kind of curious as to how or to why I would know that. And I would say it's because it's the vision God gave me. And that's all I'm doing is following the vision ...that God gave me. Now what, what does that mean? I, it's not language necessarily I use a, a lot. What, what does that mean? So I go back to those names I mentioned. Two in particular, Dr. Young and Mike Hamlet. Uh, Dr. Young was my pastor, uh, became my pastor when I was in, in middle school. And Mike and Dr. Young are two people God clearly just put in front of my life. Dr. Young became the pastor uh, at Second Baptist Houston... In 1978, and 44 years later, at the age of 86, he is still preaching and leading one of the largest and most impacting churches, not in Houston, but in the United States of America. Uh, they they kind of make us look like a small Sunday school at their church. Uh, he's still there. He had a guy that worked for him named Mike Hamlet. Mike joined Dr. Young's staff, actually, when he was at First Baptist Columbia in South Carolina, and then when Dr. Young moved to Houston, Mike went with him. Mike was with him about 10 years on staff, and then he left and went and became a senior pastor and did that in Spartanburg, South Carolina, at First Baptist North Spartanburg. He became the senior pastor in 1985, and you should probably figure out where I'm going with this. 37 years later, at the age of 72, he's still a senior pastor there. And so these are the two men that, that God placed in front of me that, that where I came to Christ was following the Lord in a call to ministry. And then God put that picture in front of me. And so in 1989, I've been married two years. Karen and I were in the middle of seminary, and I needed to do a, a summer internship. Well, I call Mike who's now in South Carolina. And I said, hey, this is what I need to do. Could you? He says, yeah, we can do that. So I, we, moved, we went out there for the summer, had a, had a great summer. Well, being out there with Mike and kind of being on the staff as an intern, that's when I actually shared with Karen uh, kind of this vision. And I said, Karen, uh, you know, if the Lord allows, and that's where it's not arrogance, right? If the Lord allows, uh, my prayer is that we'll serve in two churches our whole ministry. The one that we go to where I'm on staff, and I, I actually intend on going to be on a staff for, you know, give or take around 10 years, and then we'll leave there, and we'll go somewhere to be pastor, and that'll be forever. And and uh, as, as I remember it, that's when my idea became our idea. My prayer became our prayer, and, and we were following what we believed was this vision God put before us. And so, we went back to seminary, finished that up, graduated in 91. And guess what? I ended up getting to go back to South Carolina and join Mike, uh, on his staff. And guess how long I served there? Yeah. No, I knew I'd fool you somewhere. (laughs) 11. What a matter of fact, almost 11 and a half years I was there, but around the eight or nine year mark, we, we started to look and, uh, you're putting the name out there, the resume out there, and dealt with a, a, a lot of churches. And um, Karen and I, had a, we had a target. We wanted to go to the Southwest. Uh, that's just the area of the country. I, I was born in Phoenix. All my family roots are Colorado. We were mostly raised in Texas. And uh, that's just where we were targeting, aiming, praying about. And during that two, three years talked with churches, interviewed with churches, and was called, not called by a church vote, but a committee saying, we want to take the next step. We want you to come in all those places we wanted to live. It was a really strange thing. The right geography, ah, just not God's will. We knew, we knew this is not the match. This is not what God is doing. We're not getting His voice on this. Boy, it's hard when you know what you do want to then figure out where God's actually speaking in the midst of all that. And so then, all of a sudden, Jerry Burkett calls from Virginia. And no kidding, the very first thought in my head was, that's the wrong direction, Lord. And, uh, but things progressed very quickly. And as I said, and it's, it's not just because we're all mushy on, the, on this, you know, this special moment. God really knit our hearts uh, to these folks right here. And, and we knew pretty quickly uh, that, that this, hey, where this is going and how God was moving. And so I came here the last Sunday in October. Uh, some of you remember that was in view of a call. Uh, I, I preached and went through a bunch of meetings that weekend and you met my family and all that. But a couple of weeks before that, Karen and I came here. And uh, we're just going to spy the land out. Nobody knew we were here. Uh, the search committee knew we were here. And uh, we did a few meetings with them. We looked at houses. we looking at the church, obviously, that's now not there. I'm sorry. I still think that was probably the dumbest thing I ever did. How did I survive that? Um, but we, we were... I remember there was a moment that week where we were driving down the boulevard. And do you know what we were considering? It wasn't... Is, is this a good opportunity? Is this a good church? You, 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 it's none of those things you would think. You know what we were thinking? We were thinking, is this where we want to live the rest of our lives? And you know what we were saying to each other? No. No. That, Lord, this is not where I want to live the rest of my life. Lord, we've missed it by three time zones. And I'm thinking, what are we doing? And uh, wrong geography but, boy, was it the heart and will of God. And, and we could just yield the geography, lay down the geography, because we, we knew the heart of God, and we had his will. But it, I'll never forget, is this where we want to live forever? No. <laughs> and, and yet, uh, that's a good lesson, by the way. Always go with God's will even if it if it kind of skirts around the edge of something you thought you wanted always always go with with god 's will, so this whole time everything i 've been doing i 'm just following what 's in front of me it, it 's a target man it 's so profound to have a target in your life. Those two men, their ministry, how they did that, I'm just, I'm just following the target. And you know, having that target is important. Uh, I, I'm not, as a matter of fact, probably to a fault. I don't celebrate successes. Uh, I also maybe don't always learn from failures because I don't bog down in success or failure that much because you still got to keep the target out in front of you. You just always, I'm always moving forward. There's a target out there that that we're aiming at. You you know, I think probably one of the best things about a target and what does lead to the longevity is when when you've got that target in mind and you know God put it there, that deals with a lot of temptations. Because everybody deals with the temptation of the grass is greener, right? We deal with that in relationships. We deal with that in work. We deal with that in geography. I'd rather be somewhere else. I'd rather be with somewhere else, someone else. I'd rather be doing something else. But when I got clear targets in mind, then no, that would take me off target. You know, folks, every now and then you say, hey, would that be a better opportunity? It doesn't matter if it's a better opportunity. It's not the target And I knew God put the target there. What are the targets in your life? You know, one of the things I thank God for in my life is the church. Yes, second, first north, the heights. But capital C church. In the capital C church, God has always provided for me rich, clear, meaningful targets man that i want that's what my marriage to look like i want my parenting to look like that I, hey i want my ministry and and my preaching i want it to i want it to look like i want it to look like that i want my walk with christ to look like that and and that and that what are the targets you know folks you have targets unfortunately a lot of times we don't choose our targets They just get shaped before us. It's why it's so important to know the groups, the people, the places that you're at, they are influencing, molding, and shaping the target. And yes, sometimes they'll put a good target out in front of you. But with spiritual warfare and the way the world works, more often than not, a target's going to be put out in front of you that's destructive And that's why we wander aimlessly and then wonder how in our marriage, how in our parenting, how in our work, how did I I end up here? We didn't even realize the whole time we were moving toward a target. we got to choose the the target. And God's given us each other. God's given us the church to be able to do just that. What is the target in your marriage? What's the vision? What's God? Who are you looking at? What are you looking at that says, that's where I'm going, that's what I want for my marriage, my parenting, my my job? Folks, I believe with all my heart, people you love and care about, and I would actually expand that out to the entire nation, desperately needs you to be on target. Because they are wandering aimlessly. And nobody's putting a clear picture out in front of them of what they want. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 23 says, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be established. Uh, To this family, I would say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for making it so rewarding and such a joy to just stay on target. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, this juncture. I I guess it's appropriate that we stop and acknowledge and celebrate this moment. Lord, it's just another day in which I'm just doing what I was told. I'm, I'm just doing what I was shown. And God, I thank you for the church. I thank you for the people in the church that you put out there in front of me to provide that rich target. Lord, as I think about the heights, connecting all people to God-sized life and love, that's a target. A big building is not the target. It's easy to get bogged down in the idea that we built a big building. A lot of people, that's not the target. Being large was never a target. Connecting all those people to God-sized life and love, that's the target. Lord, when we roll out, we've already introduced to our church family this fall, the essentials, those six conversations. We'll really begin to see that next year. I pray that what people see in that is an individual personal target for their walk with Christ. How they grow and how they disciple others. Lord, I pray the Heights is a place where every single person here can find the target that they need for every area of their life. And that just influences and impacts far beyond what we can see to generations we won't even know. Father, we speak one name here at the Heights, Jesus. And I pray all other names and all other accomplishments just get rolled up and lost in that one name. And I pray as we leave here today, it is, it's one name that we speak, the name of Jesus. It's in his, your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if uh, you want to know more about this Jesus that is a target for all of eternity, a target for you to know and experience God's love and forgiveness, we'd love to be able to share that with you today. I know it was a little bit different service, but I know that even in services like this, somebody realized, I need Jesus and man, if you'd like to talk with somebody today on your way out, we have a desk right in the center there called our, our Next Steps desk. I don't know what that video was about naming things. I don't. That's them that run in circles naming everything. I don't do that. I don't know what that was all about. But we have a Next Step desk out there, and I promise you that's your next step with Jesus Christ. Maybe you have questions about following the Lord in baptism or becoming a member here. Again, just go to that desk right there in the center. They'll answer those questions and help you with that. Thank you guys so much for being here today and making this special a special day. And remember, as we leave, one name, right? One name we pray, one name we say, one name we lift up and exalt, that name Jesus Christ. God bless. Y'all have a great week.